0: listening to the sports daily i'm your host reality steve thank you all for tuning in good wednesday show for you what a surprise aaron Rodgers says yeah i'm not playing the season (laughs) i could have told you that back in september aaron uh we're going to talk about john morant's return to basketball after missing 25 games due to his behavior quite a return i would say we're also going to talk about tommy devito Getting a little too big for his britches already after, what, three good starts in the NFL? I'm not sure if you heard that story, but we'll go over it. And we're also going to talk a little college football as well. We'll get to all that momentarily. Let's start in the NFL with Aaron Rodgers, who went on his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show. And Aaron said this, if I was 100% today, I'd definitely be pushing to play. But the fact is, I'm not. He did say he intended to play in 2024 and beyond that, which I don't doubt. But basically, he underwent surgery on September 13th and said, now it was always unrealistic to think that I would be 100% to be medically cleared at any point during the regular season. Okay, great. We knew that. But then why did you keep saying that you were coming back and you were going to defy medicine and you were going to do this and... If there was a will, there was a way, and you were going to prove everybody wrong. Now he's saying, yeah, it was unrealistic to think I would ever going to come back during the regular season. Okay. But then this is the point we brought up at the time of this injury. Let's just say the Jets either picked up a better quarterback or Zach Wilson had a good year. A good year enough to get them to the playoffs. Why would they have allowed Zach Wilson to take this team to the playoffs in a 17 game season and then get to the playoffs and be like, no, we're going to play Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't played all season? That wouldn't have made any sense. I understand he's saying, yeah, if we would have got to the playoffs, I could have played in January, which still would have been a four month turnaround. Still seems unrealistic, but whatever. It just didn't. It never made any sense. Yet this guy, this is what he was peddling. I was so confused by everything, but. Um, he said he was willing to play and take the risk if the Jets still had a shot at the postseason. I don't know. Like he's contradicting himself because then he's saying he would have, it was unrealistic, unrealistic to think that he would have been medically cleared to play at any point during this regular season. But then he's saying, I would have taken the risk and played if we still had a shot at the postseason. Jets were eliminated this past weekend. They're 5-9 and nine for the 11th time in 12 years. They're going to go under uh, their Vegas win total. And they now have the longest streak in all four major sports, baseball, basketball, football, and hockey, without appearing in the postseason. They haven't appeared in the postseason since 2010. That's longer than anybody in any sport, the four major sports at least. So congratulations, Jets. But he's going to play next year. And apparently beyond that, look, the Jets won 5 games without him. They might finish 2 and 1 and maybe finish 7 and 8 or excuse me, 7 and 10 this year. Maybe they finish 6 and 11. But if they can win 6 or 7 games without Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I think he's going to make a difference next year. He's be- we saw some of the games that the Jets lost this year where Zach Wilson was just terrible. The reason the Jets weren't any good this year is because they had terrible quarterback play not average not below average terrible Aaron Rodgers isn't terrible despite what you may think about him and his personality and the way he comes across to the media he's a damn good football player he's a first ballot hall of famer he's one of the in my eyes he's one of the top five quarterbacks to ever play this game so but I'm not a fan of him personally at all But I'm objective enough to separate him as a person versus him as a quarterback. And he's a top five quarterback of all time, in my eyes. And I don't think he ever had talent around him, but he was so good, he lifted his team up, and yeah, I don't like some of his antics on the field. He's one of the worst body language quarterbacks ever, but the guy was damn good. And let's see how he's for the Jets next year. The Jets are going to be, I guarantee, going into next season, the Jets are going to have a lot of money on their win total being over. They just are. I mean, they're going to win five, six, or seven games this year because I don't think they're ending the season 3-0 and and finishing 8-9. and They're at 5-9 and nine right now. Maybe they win one or two more games. So five, six, or seven wins they're going to win this year. And I guarantee their win total next year is probably going to be set at 9 Eight and a half, nine, maybe even nine and a half. Why wouldn't it be? That's what they said it going into this year. It was nine and a half. They thought the Jets could go 10 and seven with him. I don't know. It's tough. They were in a very tough division. The AFC was tough. Uh, the Jets' defense was good, though. wasn't great, but it was good enough to where if they had any decent quarterback play, they'd be competing for a playoff spot for sure. They just never got it consistently all year. So what a return for Ja Morant last night, huh? He missed the first 25 games. He was suspended by the NBA for his off-the-court behavior last season, brandishing a gun on two different occasions. Just just awful, awful post or uh, off-the-court behavior. So he had to sit out the first 25 games this year. And what does he do on his first game back? 34 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. And with the game tie, they were down 24 points to the New Orleans Pelicans on the road in New Orleans. And here we are in a tie game and time running out. They just give Ja the ball, 10 seconds remaining. And they say, Ja, go one-on-one. He goes one-on-one and he scores at the buzzer. A game winner. Not like he scored and there were point three seconds left and New Orleans still had a chance. No. He hits a floater in the lane as time expires, and the Grizzlies uh, beat the Pelicans. I mean, you can't at 115, 113. I mean, you can't beat that on your first game back. I mean, 115, 113, you go 34, 6, and 8. I mean, it's like a guy never missed a beat. And look, when John Moran is on the court, nobody can argue. He's one of the top three point guards in all of the NBA. He's just a menace to deal with off the court. But when this guy is right and when his head is screwed on straight, he knows exactly what he's doing on the basketball court. And that drive at the end of the game on one of the best defenders in the league and Herb Jones, it made him look stupid. And the Grizzlies get a win. Now, the thing with the Grizzlies is because Jaw missed the first 25 games, the Grizzlies were terrible. They were 6-19 in those 25 games. They're sitting at what, uh, twelfth in the Western Conference. You know they're, I mean they're now after the win last night they are technically six and a half games out of the last spot in the playoffs. Like they have a lot to make up. But it's not like Ja won't get them there. I mean shit, the Memphis Grizzlies are one and eleven at home. They have the worst. Well, the second-worst home record. The Pistons are 1-12 at home. But that'll happen when you lose 24 straight games, as the Pistons currently are mired in. But the Grizzlies are 1-11 at home. And they're not going to win many more games. Well, they will win more games now with Jaw back in the fold. But can they make up six-and-a-half games in the last 52 games of the season? It's possible. They're not going to be 6-19 and over their next 25. I tell you that right now. I mean if they can go 15 and 10 over the next 25 and be 22 and 29 I mean that'll help but they almost they they almost need to go 17 and 8 you know to to really start making a run here you know even if they go 15 and 10 and 15 and 10 and then they're sitting at 37 and 29 after 75 games. That would be a possibility. You know, you go 15 and 10 and 15 and 10. So you go 30 and 20 over your next 50 games, right? So 30 and so, yeah, 37 um or th- uh, um 30 and 20. Yeah, and 20 and 19 is 39. So you'd be 47, excuse me, 37 and 39. Sorry about that. After 75 games. I don't know if that'll be good enough to get to the 10th place in the Western Conference. So maybe you need to be better than 30 and 20 over the next 50. What I do know is they're not going to be playing 260 ball, which is what they are at 7 and 19. That's a 269 winning percentage. They're not going to do that. He's going to make them better. Whether or not they fell behind, whether or not they were so bad and they dug themselves too big of a hole, I guess we'll find out, but they will be better with jaw there. Did you see the Warriors Celtics game last night on TNT? An absolute great game. Steph Curry does it again. He marvels. Uh, he blows me away just because of who he is and what he does, and his size, and just a a really good win by the Golden State Warriors who needed it. You know they they've now won three in a row. They've got themselves a mini winning streak. They are 13 and 14 on the season. They're one game out of the tenth spot in the Western Conference. But we know when it comes to the Warriors, it does not matter where they are in the standings at the end of the year. We know once Draymond comes back, if his head is right, they will be a force to deal with in the playoffs, no matter what their seeding is. Look, last year they were the sixth seed and they beat the three seed. And they beat the three seed, not having home court and having to play game seven in Sacramento. We all that we all remember that. Remember? Steph dropped what, fifty in game seven? Something ridiculous. Look, they're not going to be a high seed again. They're going to be probably on the road in the playoffs and they're going to need to win some road games, but they'll be there. They're sitting there at the 11 seed right now in the Western Conference. They're not going to be 11 at the end of the season. Maybe they're in the, you know, in the play-in game or whatever, but they are going to be there as long as Draymond comes back and he's good to go and he's straight. So they're 13-14, three game winning streak and they will be in the mix. But the Western Conference, I mean, is so, so crazy. I mean, two nights ago, the Dallas Mavericks were in third place in the Western Conference. Now they are tied for fifth with the L.A. Clippers. Same exact record as the Clippers because the Clippers have won eight in a row. Clippers were 8-10. and 10, Now they're 16-10. and 10. Same record as the Mavericks. They play tonight in Dallas. I'm going to the game with my niece. If the Clippers beat the Mavericks tonight, Mavericks fall to the sixth seed. Like they have gone from the third seed to the sixth seed in two games. That's how close it is. Outside of Minnesota being twenty and five and leading the Western Conference. Have you looked at some of the other records in the Western Conference? The next five records, seventeen and eight, eighteen and ten, 16 and nine, sixteen and 10, 16 and 10. And then after that, 16 and 12, 15 and 12. Like there's literally two games separating the third seed in the Western Conference and the eighth seed. Those will start to widen as the season goes on, but it's almost like pointless to almost look at the standings right now in the Western Conference because they're changing daily. Did you see the Tommy DeVito story? You know Tommy DeVito, quarterback of the New York Giants, led them to three straight wins before losing in New Orleans this past weekend. Well, after he had won on Monday Night Football over the Packers, led them to that comeback victory, he had agreed with a pizzeria in Morristown called Caniglio's, Coniglio's, Coniglio's old-fashioned pizzeria in Morristown that he was going to make an appearance and for $10,000 and he would be there for two hours, sign 250 autographs. Well, after they beat the Packers on Monday night, last Monday, the story started gaining some traction on social media and his agent contended that the pizza shop did not have a contract with him and saying that, no, we didn't raise the price because nothing was ever agreed to. But the owner, Nino Coniglio, does anybody know if Nino Caniglio is Italian? Just curious. Nino Coniglio said, we agreed in principle to terms, two hours, 250 autographs, $10,000. And then the agent couldn't be reached. He reached back out after they beat the Packers on Monday night, two weeks ago to tell us the price was now $20,000. So this could be just a game of telephone. This could just be a misunderstanding. But the bottom line was DeVito ended up going to Caniglios and did it for nothing, which good for him. Like if he would have done it for the additional, if there was something out there, there was a contract and Caniglios was willing to pay him 10,000 to show up for a couple hours and sign 250 autographs. I'm fine with that. But, you know, I don't know if you've been watching football and have seen his agent, Sean Stiletto, on TV, guys a clown. He's dressing like a clown. He's acting like, you know, he's got the biggest star about to sign the biggest free agent contract in NFL history which isn't going to happen. It's a nice little story. Devito played well for a few games, but I guarantee you Tommy Devito is not going to be a number 1 starter in the NFL next week, next year. It's not happening. He's not that good. He's played decent. I think he could be a solid backup as he's shown this year, but I think if you put him as the starter of your team in game one of the NFL season, he'll be figured out by week three. So I don't really think so. I'm glad he was able to be like, look, I'll just do this for free. Like in terms of like getting too big for your britches and starting to read your own press clippings, I'm really glad this guy didn't like really hold this Coniglio's old-fashioned pizzeria hostage and be like, nope, I'm not coming there unless you give me 20. I mean, that would have been really looked bad. The college football bowl season has started, in case you didn't know. And I haven't talked about it once on this podcast. You know why? Because I have only seen three minutes of any bowl game that's been played this year so far. I just haven't, I just haven't cared. You know, it's just, it's one of these things where, it's really tough to care about bowl games that are just, as even as a college football fan, where barely anybody's in the stadium. I get why these players care about it. I have no problem about that. But, you know, am I tuning in for Ohio, Georgia, Southern, and Louisiana, Jacksonville State, Appalachian State, Miami, Ohio, Fresno State, New Mexico State? I'm looking at these scores for the first time. I'm not lying. I just pulled up the college football scoreboard for bowl season. I may have seen them come across my ESPN scroll, but to say I paid attention and know who won any of these games, except for the one I tuned into the other night because it was awesome, I, I did not know that Fresno State beat New Mexico State 37-10. I didn't know UCLA beat Boise State 35-22. I didn't know Texas Tech beat Cal. <laughs> I didn't even know Texas, Texas Tech and Cal played in the game. The one game I did see, though, was that famous toastery bowl. You know why? Because Old Dominion was up on Western Kentucky in the second quarter, 28 to nothing. And Western Kentucky came back and won. The reason why Old Dominion maybe got up by so much or why the line jumped four points to Old Dominion minus six at kickoff when it opened up at minus two was because Western Kentucky's quarterback, Austin Davis, who's thrown for a shit ton of yards the last two years, decided he wasn't going to play. So West Kentucky starts a quarterback who hadn't started a game all year. I can't remember his, I don't know his first name, maybe Connor. His last name is Veltkamp. Hadn't played all year for West Kentucky. What did he do? Threw for 383 yards and five touchdowns after being down 28-0 and led them to a 38-35 win. Those kids acted like they won the national championship. And you know what? Good for them. Because that's cool to see. That's why I'm not against the bowl games. I might not watch them. I might not care about them, but I know that there are a few people that do. And you might be like, well, why? Well, look, how many kids from Western Kentucky on that team are ever going to go and play pro football? Probably none of them. Maybe one will make a roster and be a special teams player or something. Who knows? But what I'm saying is very few of them will, right? So when they're older and they have kids and families and they're talking about their college football playing days, how cool is that going to be that a Western Kentucky guy will be able to say, yeah, in a bowl game, we were down 28 nothing, and we came back and won. It was the highlight of my college career. That's what matters. I understand it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things in terms of national championships and money and NIL and all this stuff, but it still is a memory for these kids that play at smaller schools, group of five schools. You should see the reaction at the end of the game. Did you watch it? These players on the field were crying. Not because they were, like, bragging they won the toastery bowl. They're crying because they accomplished something as a team that probably not a lot of them thought they could do. Down 28-0 and came back and won. And I'm assuming this Veltcamp kid is not going to transfer. Now going into next year, West Kentucky looks like they got a quarterback that's going to be halfway decent and might be putting up the same numbers that Austin Davis did. So, good on the old Hilltoppers beating the Monarchs. And man, Monarchs, yikes. Blowing a 28 nothing second quarter lead. Not good. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. My daily roundup is up if you want to check that out. Uh again, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be talking a little more NFL tomorrow in tomorrow's podcast. So, Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.